0: Well, you found me again. You are listening to, in some weird postmodern way, the personal blog of Kenneth John Odell. That's me. Today is Saturday, May 25th, 2019, and you are listening to episode number 8 of The Silent Noise Project. Welcome to episode number eight of the Silent Noise Project. This is the angry, pissed off episode. And it used to be something else. And I can't even remember what it was going to be. But I have been angry and pissed off for the past two years. And actually, I meant to do this podcast back in December. But the last few months have just been full of the most ridiculous, obnoxious, sorry ass fucked up shit that I've ever been dealing with in my life for a lot of reasons. Um, so this got delayed. But anyway, just to give you some idea of where this this came from, it must have been September, maybe October of last year, and I ran into my old friend Patricia at the local Barnes and & Nobles. And she saw me and we hugged. And, and uh, then she says, What the fuck is wrong with this country? Now, let me tell you about Patricia. Patricia does occasionally swear. I mean, she can keep it real. But when she drops an F-bomb... You know shit is fucked up, and I realized that because I've been swearing so much lately, largely because I've been angry and pissed off about shit, so I I realized I needed to get a podcast done so I could just kind of vent. So if you're looking for things, a list of things that I've been angry and pissed off about, two years of that jackass in the White House, and him totally fucking over our country and the rest of the world. Number two, my beloved web host where I used to host to this podcast, uh, Web Faction, got secretly bought out by GoDaddy. And GoDaddy is one sorry son of a bitch of a company, and I refuse to give them any of my money. So I spent, and this is part of what delayed this podcast, I mean, I spent three months and probably a couple of hundred dollars trying out different web hosts just to get away from GoDaddy, which is ridiculous. Uh, Number three, WordPress, which is the software that powers this blog and powers all my other blogs, started using this god-awful editing thing they call it an editor it's a page builder called Gutenberg for now there is a way to turn it off but basically they I have issues with certain elements of the WordPress community anyway but they would brook no argument about it number four my car died I used to drive a 2004 Oldsmobile Alero 2004 was the last year that they made Oldsmobiles so, I kind of hope I could keep this car for at least until let's see two thousand and four plus twenty five years would be uh, I can't even do math right now twenty twenty nine so ten more years and it would become a classic car and I could fix it up and and take it to car shows and all that stuff and it it died on me and I had to get rid of it. But I've got some other things i'll I'll mention there too. Um the other thing is, let's see this would be item number five. Uh, the lisinopril incident. My doctor told me last year, you know, you need to lose weight. You got some health issues. Just if you lose weight, all of your health issues will go away. She told me that two years ago. And I, so I was going to the gym. I was being very careful with what I was eating. And then at last year's checkup, she says, well, you know, you still have high blood pressure. I'm going to try this drug on you. Just a temporary thing. Uh, This should bring your blood pressure down, which it, it did. But that drug is called lisinopril. And For about 25% of the population, we have some genetic anomaly that lisinopril causes us to have a terrible hacking cough. And it got to the point where I could not get more than 45 minutes of sleep at a time because I would wake up coughing so bad. And I finally just quit taking it. Um, But I would get home from, I would cough all day at work. I would get home from work. I would get something to eat, and I would fall right into bed. I was so exhausted from it. I quit going to the gym. I gained weight back, and I finally took myself off it. And it took three or four months to get that completely out of my system. And, and it pissed me off because I gained back all the weight that I had lost. So the good news is, since that's finally out of my system, I've still lost some weight. And item number six is Microsoft bought GitHub, which is minor, but it still sucks because Microsoft sucks, and they need to quit buying up shit. It's Pissing me off. And there have been some things like the past few months I've had personal health issues, I've had family health issues to deal with, been under a lot of stress at work. That has mostly gone away. But I'm not going to talk about any of the things that make me angry and pissed off. That is actually not what this episode is about. I just vented, I did all the venting. Instead, I'm going to talk about the things that make me not angry and not pissed off, that put me in my happy place. In other words, happy things. I don't know. Talk by Taco Cat, and I really love that kind of um, very basic punk rock sound. The recording quality isn't great. I think it was from a live show, but anyway. uh, So chapter one is on being a potty mouth, and I got to tell you, I I grew up a pretty clean-cut Roman Catholic kid. Um, Well, for except one thing, the Roman Catholic thing. I I mean, we always call ourselves Catholic, and then one day somebody mentioned Roman Catholic, and you know, we were familiar with um, from history class. Romans feeding Christians to the lions. And so I went to my mom and I said, are we Catholic or are we Roman Catholic? And she said, well, we're Roman Catholic. All Catholics are Roman Catholics. And I thought, cool, we are fucking Romans. We, we threw Christians to the lions. Um, yeah, oops. That's actually the exact opposite of what happened, but I thought it was pretty cool at the time. Anyway, I was appalled, absolutely appalled at the thought of swearing, and I never swore when I was a kid. Now, that said, there was a kid in third grade, and I can't remember what his name was, Tim or Jim or Tom or bomb or I don't know. And he swore. And this is third grade. We're like eight, nine years old. And he used the F word. And that was a big deal. And we were duly impressed. And I remember there was a day on the playground. It's like, Tim's going to say the F word. And there were all, and so everybody runs over and there's all these kids surrounding him. of course, he wouldn't say it out loud because if the teacher heard you, then you'd get in trouble. So if you went up to him, you know, he'd lean over and whisper, fuck in your ear. And we thought that was a pretty big deal, but I still never really had the guts and I just stuck to darn all the time. Um, and I remember once I said rats. And this is, this is an example of how I grew up. I said rats. You know, Charlie Brown says rats. That's where I got it from. And my mother just chewed my ass out for it. She's like, you can't be saying that. That's just bad. So obviously as an adult, I'm very, very different to, uh, in my opinion or an attitude towards swearing as I, to what I was as a child. So I still feel a little guilty about it and I try to clean it up from time to time but profanity exists for a reason and it's not always to denigrate something so like if if you show me something that's really cool and I'm like oh man that's so fucking cool that's because I have no higher praise for it I mean that's it it doesn't get any cooler than that's so fucking cool okay on the other hand if I'm like fuck you you fucking bastard that means we are in the middle of a very serious personality conflict and it's obviously your fault, but that's kind of how it goes. So if I say that I fucking hate Tom Cruise, that shorthand for, like, I, I mean, I could go off on a Tom Cruise rant if you wanted me to because I basically think he's a little prick. Like I said, I could go on, and if you know me in real life, I i have gone on about how much I dislike that person. But saying I fucking hate Tom Cruise, yeah, that's a shortcut for... Five, ten minutes worth of ranting. So it serves a purpose. It really serves a purpose. Now, I have religious friends who object to profanity, and I try very hard not to swear around them, and they try very hard not to pray for me, at least that I can tell. Um, and I also have religious friends who swear and drink like sailors, and I'm down with that too, of course. Not a problem. But fair warning, if you come up into my space, or my timeline, that's my space, or my timeline, and you may and probably will encounter profanity. You know, and that's why things around me have an NSFW tag. It's kind of like those beaches in Europe where you see a sign that says FKK, and and it has in like five different languages. You know, beyond here, you may run into nude sunbathers, and there's always some ignorant asshole who doesn't read the sign, usually an American, and they keep walking down the beach and suddenly they're surrounded by naked people and they're like, oh my god it's full of naked people it's like well yes if you'd read the fucking sign you would realize that from that point forward it's a nude beach they have these things in europe now the other thing that sometimes people who don't like swearing will say is, well if you swear a lot it it shows that you have insecurities or you know that that you are lacking in, in social skills and all i can say about that is i
1: have social skills jackass
0: but anyway, that's all I've got to say about being a potty mouth. I am a potty mouth. I never was like that as a kid. I try to keep it in check. But you know what? It serves its purpose. And they have they they have done studies. People who swear tend to be healthier healthier in a mental health wise. I think because you you let it out rather than keeping it bottled in. Anyway, I'll try to find uh, that study and link to it in the show notes. Um, and if I can't, that's just the excuse I'm going to go use for being a potty mouth so let's take a break and listen to some music that is pretty fucking cool That was Italian Opera by UV Protection. I've played that on another podcast. I just love their stuff. I'm definitely going to play more of it. Anyway, moving on. Chapter 2, I've Got Issues, in which I started a zine. For those of you who don't know what a zine is, it's just a magazine without the mega part, which sounds good to me, right? That's a bad joke. That's a terrible joke. But anyway, I'm making it because I can't freaking stand mega and maggots. But anyway. But a zine, really, is just a self-published magazine, and this used to be a really big thing during the 80s. I've actually published some before. Basically, if you've got something you need to say, and you don't want to do a blog, and you don't want to do a podcast, or you're already doing a blog, or several blogs, or a podcast, or several podcasts, you can do a zine. And a lot of them nowadays are distributed as electronic documents, PDFs, and there's some pretty active zine communities out there and I'll I'll link to them in the show notes but it's basically people who just need to say some things and be creative at the same time which is what I did I you know I love podcasting I love I love having blogs but sometimes I just want to put a pencil on paper and I want to create an actual physical artifact from that and you know the great thing with technology nowadays is is that you can do that pretty doggone easily so what I did I, I I'm on Ubuntu I have LibreOffice I just opened up a LibreOffice writer document and just started writing stories as a result I ended up with a zine that is called Just Thirteen, and uh, which is an, a name that's just been floating around the back of my mind for like 20 years. It's like I I need I, I need a project to to put this name on, whether it's a band or an album or a book or or something. So when a zine came along uh, and said, "Look, you dude, you need to make me into a real life thing," I said, "Hi, ah, cool. I've already got a name for you." So and I got to create a new website from scratch, which is more creativity. So yay! But the funny thing is, you know, I've got some young people in my life who were former students and they're all in college and I told them, oh yeah, I'm I'm doing a zine. And they're like, um, what? What's a zine? You know, it's, this used to be a big thing and I can't believe nowadays that young people don't know about it, but I really wanted this to be as minimalist as possible. Some zines out there, people do a cut and paste kind of thing. Either they're cutting and pasting things from magazines and newspapers, text, text, pictures sometimes they will they will type things up and print them out and then glue them up and they'll actually go to a copy place like an office supply store like Office Depot in the old days we used to go to Kinko's and I've got some stories in there about how I used to kind of get free copying surreptitiously I, I wanted something that was pretty minimal I didn't want to have to do a lot of, of cutting and pasting and printing and gluing and copying. And I achieved that. You know, I was able to do it all up and and I would I would print it out and then I would go back and and edit things, just fixing typos for the most part. And then because this is, you know, modern age, I was able to convert the whole thing to a a PDF, upload it to Office Depot, and say, Print fifteen copies for me, and they did, and it was like reasonably priced, and and then I posted a notice about it on Reddit and, and got a few people to buy it. So in issue number one, I mainly talk about being an actual mall rat, because I was an actual mall rat when I was like 11, 12, 13. My mom worked there. Um, It was a fun time. I talk about possessions, you know, about not like demonic possessions and split pea soup, but like things that you possess and how they kind of possess you back. Um, And then there's a lot of of meta stuff in there. And then in issue number two, actually had illustrations. I talked about the bookstore at the end of the universe, which is Kind of a nod to Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy because there's the restaurant at the end of the universe. Uh, I also talk about a thing from high school called the Millard Fillmore Fan Club, which I think is one of my favorite things to talk about in there. And I also tell the Okra story, which I talked about in issue number one. If you want to know what's in issue number three, I haven't done it yet. I will include a link in the show notes. I haven't updated the website with issue number two, which actually came out like in November. Just, you know, all the pissed off, angry shit and just all the crazy-ass, fucked-up shit that has been getting in my way lately. Um, But it'll be there, believe me. So let's take a break, listen to some more music, and get on with the show. Velvet Embracer by Diablo Swing Orchestra, and I'm so disappointed that I've been able to find a second album from them. I've played a lot of their music and I'll, I'll play some more of it. I, I don't think I've played all that I have, um, but I will get around to it eventually. Anyway, that is a fitting, fitting introduction to chapter four. Sometimes it's a barn owl, but not always. Uh, I talked earlier about how, you know, I had some fitness goals and trying to lose some weight, and one of the things that I was doing a lot before was I was going to the gym and I was well, I quit going to the gym because you know, money. Um, but one of the things I did before I started going to the gym just to kinda get in shape to go to the gym so I could get in more shape, which seems weird, um, was just do a lot of walking. And I enjoy walking, but I, I live in the city and it's you know, there's a lot of traffic and noise and even though I can get to a fairly quiet neighborhood fairly quickly, I still like to be out there and see things, but I I, I wanna I wanna I wanna listen to something to keep me entertained. And so there are a lot of podcasts out there that I like to listen to. Anyway, one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to a lot is called The Whatcast. And I found out about The Whatcast from my friend Martin from Canada. Coincidentally, The Whatcasters have a friend, Martin, who I think is from Canada... But their Canadian Martin is not my Canadian Martin. And when they said, we're going to have Martin from Canada on there, I was like, holy cow. But no, not nah, not nah, different Martin. Possibly a different Canada. Who knows? So anyway, the WhatCast is mostly about the paranormal. I've had a lifelong interest in the paranormal. I don't really think a lot of it is something weird and, and and mysterious. You know, I mean, I have a background in science. I used to be a science teacher. You know, I think there are a lot of reasonable explanations for things. Um I mean, sometimes it is a barn owl. So I think a lot of this stuff, there are very reasonable explanations for these things. But um, there are always exceptions that just don't seem to have a reasonable explanation, like the Dover Demon, which is one of my favorite paranormal topics, or the Mothman of Point Pleasant. Um, And I actually thought that the Richard Gere movie with uh, Deborah Messing, and I forget who else was in there, I thought that was a pretty good movie. I I mean, I'll, I'll watch it when it comes on. But I mean, I remember when I was a little kid, this movie would come on every single year on TV, and it was about Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster and the Yeti. And I remember there was a scene in that movie where these people live out in the country and, and there's a knock at the door and the guy gets up and he opens the door and he's like, well, who the hell could that be? We live way out here in the middle of fucking nowhere. And he opens the door and there's a bigfoot standing there in their porch and i remember that and there're actually some scenes like that in this movie called um uh what is it called the 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 beast of boggy creek which was about an actual bigfoot scare that that happened in arkansas of all places and that movie was supposed to be like a documentary and it was kind of semi-fictionalized semi-documentary Uh, That came out in like the early 1970s. So it may have been that movie that I'd seen as a young kid and was actually thinking of. But, um, I really think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of reasonable, uh, explanations for a lot of stuff. I think, I think a lot of stuff is just misidentification or, uh, hoaxes. And I've seen a lot of Bigfoot footprints, you know, that are cast in plaster that look pretty doggone fake. Um, but there are some of them that are just uh, completely and totally unexplained. Like, for the, f- for example, the Flatwood Monster, which I can put a link in the, f- in the show notes. But I saw this guy on YouTube. And I'm going to pause here and see if I can find his name. Okay, yeah, I just flipped over to YouTube to see if I had a book link. It's by uh, Trey the Explainer. And I've always thought the Flatwood Monster, I'm like, there can't possibly be a logical explanation for this thing. Um, I mean, there's no... There are people out there who's like, it's an owl, it's an owl on a tree branch, and I'm like, but there's so much other stuff going on with it. It doesn't seem to make any sense that it's an owl, but I actually found this guy on YouTube called Trey the Explainer, and the way he explains it makes sense. So I'll put a link to his video in the show notes. But anyway, there are always these other things that are that are that are kind of fascinating that I I don't have an explanation for. And here's the thing: even when it's something that I don't necessarily believe is an actual paranormal thing. Mike and Mateo, the two guys that, that do this podcast, they, they take this stuff seriously, but not too seriously. Mainly it's these two guys just having a hell of a lot of fun. And ap- apparently I think these two guys originally met through Twitter. Uh, one lives on the East Coast and one lives on the West Coast. I don't think they've ever met in real life. They do the whole thing over Skype, but basically the you know, what cast is just listening into somebody's conversation, you know, two really good old friends, um, just chilling and talking about shit and and they and the best part is they are having a good time and i mean they laugh all the time and you know i'll be walking down the street and here's the thing i'm, I'm wearing earbuds so you can't really see them that well if i'm got a hat on or it's getting toward dark and i'm walking down the street and yeah, i'll be listening to the whatcast and i am laughing my ass off and people driving down look at me like i'm crazy because they don't see the earbuds and they think I'm just, because I'm walking all by myself and they think I'm just some crazy dude laughing, but I'm having such a great time uh, listening to the Whatcast. But, you know, if only they knew. So I will definitely put a link to the show notes in there. And this is a thing I don't I don't, I don't get. Mateo's always saying, you know, they find this cool stuff and I've, I found some of the videos that they talk about on Amazon Prime um, and I've seen them but he'll say like, oh, I'll I'll put that in the show notes. And I can never find the freaking show notes. I think it's buried in an RSS feed some somewhere. And I don't. I think I have an RSS feed reader. I don't do iTunes. So if you put something in in something that's supposed to be just for iTunes, I'll I'll never see it. But I think I can find it somewhere because they, they 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 link to a lot of really interesting stuff. So I definitely recommend if you are interested in the paranormal, if you're interested in having a good time, if you just like to listen to people talk about stuff, and and have a really great time. Definitely, I recommend the podcast. I gotta admit, though, it is very definitely NSFW slash NSFS, because they use naughty words, just like me. So, they had some really great episodes. I listened to their, I think it was like the 200th episode for Halloween. Uh, they did an episode on dog-headed men, which is not really a paranormal thing. I guess maybe it it is I guess it's a historical thing and I guess dogman is a thing now. But this was basically like a, a complete exploration of folklore and mythology going back to the ancient Greeks. I mean they do a lot of research to do to do this show. And that show was an awful lot of fun. They did an episode on creepy pasta and if you don't know what creepy pasta is, it's kind of it's kind of like fake made up urban legend kind of stuff. The rake Ah, uh, Slenderman. I mean, that's that's all Creepypasta, and that was a really really cool episode. It was funny because I remembered when I was teaching middle school. Uh, God, I don't remember like eight years ago. I had a kid, and and this was right about the time that the Slenderman thing was coming out, and he kept calling me Slender Dad, and I'm like, what? Like you know, because I'm not Slender. Obviously, I'm trying to lose some weight. I am, I am, I am pudgy in a good way, and uh, he's calling me Slender Dad. I'm like, what the hell? And then something came across. I don't know, Reddit or Twitter or something about Slender Man. And I'm like, oh, that's what Jacob's talking about. Got it. So anyway, like a year ago, I, I guess he's out of school now. Um, he sent me a friend request on Facebook. And I'm like, oh, Jacob, cool. I like that kid. And so I accepted it. And I and I get a little uh, pop-up message from him on Facebook. And it, and, it, and it just says, Slender Dad. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, creepypasta brings the world together. What else can I say? They had some other really cool episodes. I'm gonna I'm gonna pause for a minute here, and see if I can find them. I had some really favorite episodes here. Okay, so I've I've pulled up my podcast. Well, I'm on you. I'm on Ubuntu, so I, I've Rhythmbox, and that's kind of what I use to download podcasts. They did an episode on the history of the uh, Necrom Necronomicon. There we go. I always have problems with that. Uh, they did an episode on. Chestnut Ridge, which is in Pennsylvania. That was really good. They did an episode where they called BS on the Loch Ness Monster, which I think most of us had. Um, oh, The Lizard Man of Scape or Swamp. That was a really cool show. Uh, let's see. What else did, What else was here that I really liked? I mean, I loved all of them. Uh, one of my favorite paranormal episodes is the Hopkinsville Goblins, which happened in the 50s. There was actually, a, a, a I think, a movie by Small Town Monsters on Amazon Prime about that that was pretty cool pretty doggone cool um, apparently that's coming back so they did an episode about that um, which I loved they did an episode on the bunny man which was just beyond bizarre kind of stuff um, and I'd never heard of that before so that was a it was a ton of fun uh, oh they did a, oh they did a whole episode on la Llorona, the Banshee and other weeping ghosts and in Mexican um, folklore there's this this female... Kind kind of a ghost called La Llorona, Who? It's it's a complicated story, uh, but it's really cool. So I'll try to find some good links to it and put those in my in my show notes down below. Um, but there's all sorts of stuff. They had an issue. They have a whole episode about it. Atlantis. Um, they did an episode about the Bell Witch, which is always kind of cool. Uh, that's just one of those things that's I, I've never really been able to figure out. Military Abduction Victims, Tulpamancy, which most people have never heard, and it's pretty cool that they that they had that on there. They did a whole show on the disappearance of Percy Fawcett, which I read the book, The Lost City of Zed, uh, which they turned into a movie, which I guess wasn't a, nearly... The book was awesome, by the way. I'll include an Amazon link. If you click on it and buy the book, I, I get a small kickback from Amazon, which is cool. So you can kind of support me and get something fun in, in the meantime they talked about the Westall School UFO case, which to me, I mean, I've got my own theories about about UFOs. The Westall School UFO case is, um, it took place in Australia in the 1960s. You know, and one of, the, one of the gripes that people have who don't believe that, you know, there's life on other planets or whatever, is they say, why is it that when, you know, spaceships or aliens come to Earth, they always land in some hillbilly's backyard and they never land in the middle of a big city? Well, Westall is a city in Australia and this UFO landed like right on the school grounds I mean this thing was seen by dozens of teachers hundreds of school children and of course it was the 1960s nobody had a cell phone where they could whip it out and take a take a picture of it or take a video of it but apparently some of the teachers did they had cameras and that stuff got confiscated so there's this big conspiracy about what's the Australian government trying to to cover up you know, and I don't really get into conspiracy theories at all. I'm I'm with Stephen King. I think conspiracy theories are what happens when, you know, something's just so freaking complicated that you, uh, the only explanation you can come up with is that it must be a conspiracy. There's all these people pulling pulling the strings. But in reality, our world is so complicated that sometimes people pull things in opposite directions and it, it just ends up being weird. So I'll try to find what Stephen King said about that. I think that was in his book, Dance Macabre. And maybe I'll throw that in at the end here if I can find it later. But they did, they did a lot of really cool episodes. They've done over 200 episodes. So there's something for everybody here. Oh yeah. And they did, I'm from Michigan. They did an episode on weird Michigan and weird stuff happens in Michigan. But I'll tell you, even weirder shit happens in Wisconsin. So I'm glad I don't live in, in Wisconsin. But anyway, it's a great show. Highly recommend it. Oh yeah. They did a whole, whole episode about Bob Lazar. You want to know who Bob Lazar is? You can Google it, or you can listen to the WhatCast and get everything you need to know. So, that's all I'm going to say. I highly recommend it. It's a great time. um, If you're even in the least bit interested in paranormal stuff, and you don't have to believe it to have a good time. So, watch... Watch? (laughs) Shit. It's not a TV show, Ken. Get it together. Listen to the WhatCast. You won't regret it. (music) Crying Eyes by Old Lights, and I played that song ages ago, but I love it. It's nice to mix things up a little bit, and that's a different kind of song to the rest of the stuff that I've played today. Chapter four, this is the last chapter for today. Chapter four, the mall report. Now that I live here in the city, I'm actually close to the last inside mall that we still have, and so I can drive over there in a matter of minutes and walk inside there if the weather is shitty. Uh, so I do. And like I mentioned before, you know, one of the things I've been trying to do is get some more exercise and get a lot of walking in. And, you know, if I, I, I don't mind walking in the rain with an, with an umbrella, but if it's snowing or hail or whatever else we get here in Michigan or what happened to me Sunday, which I'll have to talk about next time because I'm running out of time here, I'll go to the mall and walk around. And I'm not very often tempted to spend money But I did mention earlier that I I was an actual mall rat, and even though people trash talk malls, I just love malls. And one of the things I love about going somewhere is like, oh, hey, can we go to the mall? Um, But anyway, there used to be five malls in this city, and they were all inside malls, meaning all the shops were on the inside. You could go in and not be out in the rain. Two of them are now completely gone. Two of them are strictly outside malls. The only mall we really have left is Crossroads Mall. Uh, It's our last inside mall. And so that's the place that I will go to. Now, Southland Mall, it's just north of that. And uh, I talked about this in just 13, issue number one, because that was the mall I grew up in. My mother managed a store there. And there are all sorts of wonderful things. And I knew a lot of the people that, that, that were there. It was like a community in a way. So, you know, I'm not going to talk too much about it here. I've kind of decided that Just 13 is uh, the zine. I've decided that Just 13, the zine is for where I'm going to talk about nostalgia type things. This podcast is just things that have happened in the last few years. So I will mention though, that you couldn't have really had malls unless you had white flight, you know, people leaving city centers. We've seen this again and again and again. People leave the cities, they go to the suburbs, and retail shops and dollars follow. And also in the 1950s, which is when uh, malls started to become a thing, we also had the rise of car culture. Suddenly, because of World War II and the GI Bill and people starting to make a, a decent living for a change, a lot more people could afford cars. And you didn't want to drive downtown where all the shops were because there was no place to park. But somebody buys up a field on the edge of town where all these new subdivisions are going in. And uh, they put up a big, huge building. They call it a shopping mall, and they put in a big, huge parking lot. And of course, that's where people are going to go. And malls are dying now. Uh, like I said, two of our local malls are gone. There's a mall next in the next city over, um, and it is slowly dying, which is makes me really, really sad that this is happening. But it's it's kind of inevitable. You know, the big box stores close, and then you start to get, like, a lot of arcades. And that happened at Maple Hill Mall. I remember going there. The mall in the city over to us, that's about half empty at this point. Crossroads Mall, there are about 10 empty locations. Um, I actually walked around and made a list on my phone on Google Docs. And even strip malls are dying. And here's the thing, you know, strip malls were never meant to be that big a deal. And that's sad for me, too. I mean, as a kid, I I, I lived in Florida for a while, and Florida, for me, was basically four things. Beaches, crocodiles, Disney World, and strip malls. And there was always a Publix grocery store in the end. So, um, in fact, we used to have a little strip mall just around the corner from me, and it had... There was a sewing machine store and a Dollar General and a, I think maybe a little tiny restaurant and a couple other shops, and it is just gone. I mean, it's I mean they totally demolished it. Some guy that builds wooden sheds, really fancy wooden sheds, if I can get a chance, I'll take a picture of him and put in them in the show notes. He sells his wares there, but, but only for the summer. When winter comes, he puts everything into storage, and it's just an empty place where snow accumulates. So, going forward, I have a lot of old memories from malls that I'm going to talk about, and I'm going to put those in the zine. But current mall experiences, I'm, I'm going to talk about in the podcast, because that's that's a current thing. So, I'm going to tour the mall uh, because I enjoy it, because it's fun. I'm going to make some notes, and then I think I'm going to talk about that every once in a while on this podcast, just because I can. One other thing I want to say here that I don't think I said very well is that Shopping malls were such a huge part of my childhood, and I really do think they're going away, and I want to be there to record that. They're dying, and I want to remember them. I want to take notes as I go along. And of course, everybody blames Amazon for killing off malls, but I don't think it's Amazon. I think this is the reason. How did she die?
1: Cats ate her face.
0: Dewey, I think you're confused. I'm asking about Aunt Helen.
1: Cats ate her face. Look, would you just put mom or dad on the phone?
0: Hello? Dad!
1: What happened to Aunt Helen?
0: Cats ate her face. Well, here. Dewey knows more about it than I do. Our revels now are ended, and it looks like I didn't have time to talk about a lot of things. I did not get a chance to talk about my theory of aliens, which makes complete and total sense to me. So I will will talk about that next time. I really worked my ass off on putting the show notes together. So if you are interested in a lot of things, there are a lot of links down below. Please, please, please read them. Click on them. Find out more information. Also, I've linked to a lot of things on Amazon in the show notes. If you click on those links and buy those things, I get a small percentage. I think it's about 4%. So you can get something great, and you can help me produce more podcasts. It's a good thing. It's a win-win for everybody, and I really appreciate that. You have been listening to, in some weird postmodern way, the personal blog of Kenneth John Odle. That's me talking. Feel free to comment. Be nice. Say good things. If you've got a complaint, yeah, I get it. Let's take a moment to thank those folks who helped make this show possible. Talk by Taco Cat comes to us, courtesy of the Free Music Archive. I'm going to talk about the Free Music Archive in a little bit. We almost lost them. Uh, I played that back in Project Wide Awake number 10 not too long ago. Italian Opera by UV Protection also comes to us, courtesy of the Free Music Archive, and I also played that in Project Wide Awake. Number ten, Going Back Aways, Velvet Embracer by the Diablo Swing Orchestra is courtesy of Jamendo, which is a cool place to hang out. I played that way, way back in Project Wide Awake number four. That's one of my earliest podcasts. Also, Crying Eyes by Old Lights, that comes to us courtesy of Mivio's Music Alley, which is no longer a thing. I played that back in Project Wide Awake number 6. I took a look at that post. There was a link to the Old Lights Music website. I clicked on it, and it's no longer Old Lights Music. I'm not sure what it is. And that makes me sad, because I love that song, and I would love to hear more music from that group. Interstitial music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod at incompetech.org. And as always, links are in the show notes down below. If you like the music that you heard, please visit the artist's websites. Please visit the websites that uh, make this music available to us and do what you can to support them. I'll appreciate it, they'll appreciate it, you'll appreciate it in the long run because it means that we'll have more great music from them. Shoutouts. Some special thanks go to a few folks who, in some ways, helped make this episode possible. I was looking through the archives. Special thanks to Jake W., who was one of my earliest commenters and who also donated money at one point which is always appreciated. Not necessary, but appreciated. A special thanks goes out to Jacob, who introduced me to Slender Man because he called me Slender Dad. special thanks go out to all of the musicians who work so hard to produce great music and put it out there so that people like me can bring it to people like you. Always, always appreciate that. In some weird postmodern way, and the Silent Noise Project, are copyright 2019 by Kenneth John Ottle, and are released under a Creative Commons attribution non-commercial share license. For more information, visit creativecommons.org. You can always find all of these podcasts at iswpw.net. And as always, thanks for listening. Remember, vote whenever you get the chance. And also remember that you vote with your dollars, so spend them in the right places. Talk to you later.